0: Introduction of Life of Saint Gerard Mayella. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Valeria De Felice. Life of Saint Gerard. Mayella by Rev. O. R. Basil Phillips Saint Gerard Mayella has often been called the thaumaturgus or wonder-worker of the eighteenth century. Almighty God seems to have raised up this lowly little brother to confute in the very age of Voltaire the flippant scepticism of a false philosophy by the stern logic of incontestable facts. It should not, therefore, surprise us to find his life full of marvels of all kinds. It is, however, the duty of the author in obedience to the decrees of Pope Urban the Eighth to protest at the outset that he attaches a purely human value to any miracles, revelations, prophecies, or other apparently supernatural occurrences which he relates in the course of this little book. For the well-instructed Catholic, this will be a superfluous declaration but as st gerard's life may perchance fall into the hands of some who are alien to the catholic faith it may be well to state explicitly that no child of the church is required to believe in the reality of any miraculous event excepting in that of those which are contained in the holy scriptures they alone rest on a divine foundation since of their truth we are assured not by the fallible word or opinion of man but by the infallible word of god any other seemingly supernatural facts rest for their verification entirely On the value of the evidence which may be adducible in their support. If the evidence seems worthless, we are quite free to deny the facts. No Catholic may say that miracles have ceased. That would be to contradict the promises of Christ and to go against the clear mind of the Church. But, with regard to any particular marvels, we are encouraged by the proverbial caution of ecclesiastical authority to shrink from arriving at hasty conclusions, and are always permitted to use our own judgment, provided that we do so in the spirit of due humility and reverence not in that of a proud and shallow self-sufficiency which would ignorantly reject everything that lies outside the narrow bounds of its own limited experience with reference to the testimony on which we receive the supernatural life of saint gerard those who may desire to test its worth may be referred with confidence to the processes of his beatification the author desires to state that he is himself satisfied as to the truth of all that he has released moreover he fails to see how any one can arrive at a different conclusion after a careful study of the evidence unless indeed he has unhappily raised a cloud of prejudice in his own mind by denying on a priori ground the possibility of the miraculous in the abstract notwithstanding all testimony however overwhelmingly whether human or divine that may be brought forward to the opposite in the concrete such a man little as he may be prepared to admit it has in truth effectually closed the gates to any reasonable discussion he has travelled beyond the domain where argument may hope to reach him bowing down complacently before a wooden fetish of his own creation a true bigot he takes refuge behind the bulwark of generalizations that must be upheld at all costs in the superstitious homage that he pays to the law of uniformity in nature he denies the power sometimes even the existence of the supreme lawgiver who most certainly can for his own wise purposes derogate from the order which he has himself established faith and reason ever go hand in hand the catholic system harmonizes with all ascertained facts the various forms of rationalisms on the contrary often mutually destructive true they are always agreeing this that they depend for their existence on purely destructive criticism and on theories stated which much pretends and show of learning but which admit of no verification whatsoever if they who prefer faith reason and fact to impossible hypotheses and sophistical theories are on this account called hard names fanatical credulous narrow-minded retrogressive priest-hidden and the like it is always a consolation to remember that hard names are the one resource which yet remains to a discredited cause that has no other weapons left in its armory the author also feels to borrow the words of the late Cardinal de Champs, that when the miraculous is undeniable, we should not hesitate to proclaim it to the praise of God, who is glorified in his saints, and for the benefit of the faithful whose confidence is reanimated by these prodigies. For doors. Who still call themselves Christians to deny the existence of the supernatural would seem to be peculiarly inconsistent. The history of the chosen people was highly fraught with mysticism. Yet it was foretold that it should be a special characteristic of the new dispensation that your sons and daughters shall prophesy your old man shall dream dreams and your young man shall see visions moreover upon my servants and handmaids in those days i will pour forth my spirit it was on the day of pentecost that this prediction was perfectly accomplished the holy ghost came down upon the church to dwell with her and abide with her for ever jesus christ then communicated to his chosen ones some portion of the divine virtue which had ever resided in himself. He had walked upon the waters as on dry land. He had calmed the tempest by a word and hushed the hungry sea by the mere exercise of his will. He had multiplied food, feeding five thousand men with five barley loaves and two small fishes. At the marriage feast he had changed water into wine. He had escaped from the midst of his enemies by rendering himself invisible to their eyes. Again and again he had cured the sick and shown his power over the grave. By restoring to health and strength those who had gone to that land from which it is said that none shall return to this, he had read the thoughts of men as one reads an open book, and the future was ever present to his gaze. This mysterious power over nature, our Lord did not take away with him altogether when he ascended to the right hand of god his father he bequeathed it as a precious inheritance to the holy church which is his very body the incarnation of the Word is a still continuing still energizing fact immanuel god with us still lives his human life in the blessed sacrament in his last discourse before withdrawing his visible presence from our midst he appealed to his wonderful works in confirmation of his divine mission and declared that they should last in even more abundant measure after his departure hence. Thus, upon those made one with him by sacramental union, thus he from time to time bestow his gifts in proportion to their capacity for receiving these supernatural communications. The such charismata the Apostle St. Paul refers in the first epistle to the Corinthians. Some are purely esoteric for the sanctification of the individual, others are exoteric for the edification of his neighbor. With this last, we are alone concerned at the present moment they have been with his church from the beginning and shall never leave her so long as the word may run its course in vision the prince of the apostles learned that he should call nothing common or unclean which god had cleansed in vision The apostle of the Gentiles was converted to the faith. In vision, the beloved disciple witnessed the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God and was permitted to behold the celestial worship of the Eternal. In vision, the first martyr saw Jesus standing at the right hand of god in the new testament we may read already that which we shall find repeated in the lives of the saints of the after time the spirit of the lord conveyed st philip the deacon mysteriously through the air to azurduce after he had baptized the ethiopian eunuch in the desert that is between Jerusalem and Gaza. Saint Peter was delivered miraculously by an angel from Herod's prison through the iron gate, which of itself opened to him and his heavenly guide. Already he had healed Aeneas and raised Tabitha from the dead. The sick had been cured even by his passing shadow, as afterwards they were healed through the handkerchiefs and aprons brought from the body of his brother-apostle, the great St. Paul, who himself tells us that he was robbed in ecstasy and caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, he knew not. God alone knew the mystery, visions, ecstasies, the gift of the tongues, the reading of hearts, the raising of the dead to life. Miracles of all kinds we find in abundance in the Apostolic Church, nor did they cease with the days of the Apostles. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and as is the bridegroom, so is his bride, the Holy Church. Clothed with his mantle as with a raiment of beauty, endowed with gifts from on high, man may know her in every age, not merely by her likeness to the divine original, but by her oneness with him. All things else may change. The church of the immutable changeth not. The spiritual children of the apostles knew that they were heirs to the apostolic gifts. Saint Irenaeus in the second century declared that there were then in the church those who foresaw the future unfolded, before their gaze origen proclaimed as a matter of personal knowledge to the truth of which he called god to witness that many pagans had become christians in consequence of the visions that they had received this great man tells us that the holy ghost completely changed the hearts and minds of those early converts to the faith so that at once instructed and fortified by the divine communications which had been bestowed upon them sometimes in sleep sometimes during their waking hours they were ready to die for a doctrine, which until then they had held in abhorrence. But it was, especially amongst the anchorites of the 3rd century, that we find this mystical life most highly developed. In the lives of the fathers of the desert, we see man by dint of contemplation and continual penance regaining his long-lost sovereignty and wielding once more the sceptre of unfallen adam over the animal creation in these lives we perceive the gift of prophecy in fullest use we see a saint like saint anthony beholding in vision the soul of amnon ascending into heaven at what was afterward discovered to be the very moment of his death at a distance represented by thirteen days journey we find the discernment of spirits insisted on by st paul of old the wiles of Saturn discovered and the ways of God recognized to his greater glory. We learn how some of these holy men pass their days, as is related of St. Macarius of Egypt, in almost continual ecstasy. Thus, of the abbot Cisart, it is told, that he was ravished in ecstasy, as soon as he lifted his hands in prayer. Therefore, when he prayed in company with his brethren, in his humility, he would never raise his arms at all, lest he should be suddenly rapt out of himself unawares. Again, we read that a disciple of the ancient Silvanus, on coming to visit him one day, found him in on an ecstasy. He returned six hours, nine hours, and ten hours afterwards, always to find him in this same state. When at last Silvanus came back to earthly life, he said that, he had seen the glory of god revealed to his enraptured gaze we need hardly say that we quote these examples taken out of a multitude not as though we wished to claim credence for any one particular fact but simply with the desire to show that the church of god is always the same in her mysterious life on earth visions prophecies miracles are no new things in her wondrous story in her sayings the redeemer's promise will be ever verified that they should do even greater works that it had pleased him to accomplish while he was dwelling on the son of man visibly in the midst of his people she is the city set upon a hill visible to all who will recognize her divine credentials surely then one of the signs that mark out the true church of christ from all beside her is her identity in every period of the words history here is true continuity the continuity not of barren titles and rich emoluments but of oneness of life we see not merely the organism and the functions of the apostolic church intact but even the marvellous spiritual endowments so freely granted in the beginning in the possession of her saints in every age in the last century not a few of the gifts bestowed by god in the first days of the faith are beheld again in such a life-story as that of saint gerard mayella we have seen them reproduced in no limited measure in our own times in holy priests like the blessed cuodades and don bosco of turin at the beginning of the twentieth century we are living at a time when physical forces in nature hitherto but little suspected by the many seem to be gradually coming to light. It is certain also that the powers of evil are basically engaged in many a spiritualistic seance in a very parody of the communion of saints. Simon Magus followed close in the wake of Simon Peter, and when faith goes out by the door, superstition always comes in by the window in these days then of thought reading clairvoyance telepathy hypnotism and of what is vaguely called occult science there is a little doubt but that man in general will be less disposed idly to scoff at such phenomena as are to be found in the life of the saints that would have been the case even a few years ago but there still remains much gross materialism to be combated all around us and it is now even more necessary than was ever before the case to distinguish the false from the true the dross from the gold the diabolic from the divine this can only effectually be done by the study of mystical theology and of the lives of the saints in a catholic spirit and with that fear of the lord which we know to be the beginning of wisdom. The contemplation of the miraculous will surely be most profitable to our souls if it deepens our faith in God and our confidence in the powerful intercession of His glorious servants. The life of Saint Gerard was not merely full of marvel. But is also rich in practical lessons. If anyone wishes to be convinced of this, he need only turn to his resolutions, or again to his letters to the superior of a convent, to see how far Brother Gerard was from being aught of an empty dreamer. His steps where even upon the earth, although he walked in the presence of God and his heart was where his treasure was in heaven, he knew well that there is only one royal road to sanctity, conformity to the will of God, by the faithful discharge of the duties of one's state, be they small or be they great out of love for jesus christ our blessed lord some he would often say place sanctity in this some in that for my part i place it only in doing the will of god those who may wish to learn more of saint gerard than it has been possible to tell them in the compass of this little book, our advised to procure his life, written by Father Tanoia and published in the Rhetorian series of the Lives of the Saints in the volume entitled The First Companions of Saint Alphonsus. In everything that he has here written, the writer need hardly say that he submits himself to the holy roman see of which it is his supreme joy and consolation to profess himself to be always and in all things a most obedient loyal son End of the introduction of Life of St. Gerard Mayella Recording by Valeria de Felice